it. Amen. Is God good? Nothing like the name. Nothing like the name. Wow. God is good. Amen. God is good. Father, we thank you tonight. Every time we come together, every time that we come together, we come together in your name. Whatever we do in word or in deed, we do it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the investment that Jesus made in his name. He invested into that name and, and everything that he did, everything he accomplished was an investment in his name and he left us that name. All authority was given to him. He gave it to the church, which is his body in the earth so that we would be empowered to do things and accomplish things. And tonight, Lord, in our continuation this year of, of, of meditating and realizing what we have available to us in, the, in that name, I thank you for the anointing on the Word and on me to bring the Word, and I thank you that people's ears and hearts are open to receive because when we hear your Word, Lord, then we become doers of the Word, and then we begin to be successful at everything that we do because we're doers. We're not just hearers, but we're doers of your word. So we thank you for it tonight, and we give you all the praise. And everybody said amen and amen. Awesome. So um, <clears throat> in, our, in our Wednesday series, we're, we're taking a topic... And we're using a specific topic from the Word and applying it to the name of Jesus. So the title, the last two titles that we've had on Wednesday nights have been a little bit different, but tonight we're talking about the name of Jesus and our thoughts. The name of Jesus and, and your thoughts, your and my thoughts, what we're to do with our thoughts and our thought life, and how there is literally absolutely no way for you and I to accomplish anything in life if, our, if, if, if we're not busy every day of our life. It's, it's literally, it's like a full-time job. You work a job and it's a full-time, but, but, but this job of bringing every thought captive is a 24-7 job. It's a responsibility that goes with what our part is in living and operating in the earth in the kingdom of God. You cannot live and operate in the kingdom of God with a mind that is not renewed daily to how God thinks and how God operates. Because you have a world out there that's convincing you every single day that God can't do what he said he could do and that everything out there in life that appears one way, it is that way. And there's nothing you can do about it. And, and many people, most people today, believe that the only way that things can change is if they change them. And if we don't change the way we think, we'll really never change anything 
for the long haul and, and, and in a consistent way and on a consistent basis. We'll, we'll never see things changed for good. I, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be the same person a year from now that I am today in areas that need to change. There's one thing that is sure on planet Earth, and that's change. Whether you like it or not, change will happen. Whether you like the government or not of the United States, in four years from now, it'll change. It, it may be the same president in four years from now. You don't like this president? Just wait eight years and there'll be a change. You know, I mean, everything changes. There's no way to stop change. So let's get involved in change. Let's be, let's be constantly in, in the flow of change, but let's be in the flow of this change. This, this is here and it's available for us to make the changes that we need to make in life. And, and you want natural changes? You want things to change in the natural? Change the way you think. The Bible says as a man thinks, that's the way he is. For whatever reason, when I, when I was growing up, I, I remember, I, I told this story a long time ago, maybe... Nobody was here when I told it, uh, but I told this story when I, when I was about. My dad was a golf pro, and and uh, he had he had a lot of different people that worked for him at, at his golf course. And there was a guy that worked behind the counter. And he was a big. Was, I lived in New Mexico, and he was a he was a he was a big, broad, uh, native Indian, and really good guy. His name was Teddy Ramirez. And uh, it wasn't Ramirez, it was Ramirez, and he made sure that you called him that. And, uh, and, and when, when I was, and I was about 10 years old or so, and I was a little chubby, and, uh, and I, was, I can remember sitting on this stool, and I was eating a big hoagie, and because and, they had them, that's what they served at the golf course, and, and this big hoagie sandwich, and I was eating it and drinking a big old Coke, and he looked over at me, he says, you know what? He said, you're going to be fat all your life, and you're going to be, you're going to be not successful all your life because you just sit around and eat hoagies. That's what the guy told me. And I, and I can, I was about 10 years old, and I can remember, I can remember that, and, 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 it, and it stuck in my thinking, and it, and it tried to form my young years and into my grown-up years. And, and in those days, I wasn't born again. I knew nothing about God or how to do anything with it, neither did any of my family, you know. And I got born again when I was 18. And, uh, and, but all through my early years of, of my born-again walk, I, I, I'd remember that. I remember what he said, that, I'll, I'll, that I would never amount to anything. And it stayed with me. And when I got born again and I started hearing the word, um, and, and people would tell me things about myself, and they'd tell me, you know, yeah, but the Bible says that, you know, that, that you can do all things through Christ, that, that God has a plan for your life, and that plan is for great things, you know. And I'd hear people tell me that, but I'd still remember those thoughts. And at the end of the day, when I laid my head down at night, those are the thoughts I had. And those are the thoughts I believed. 
See, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I can, I can preach this word tonight and encourage you to do specific things, but if you do nothing with it, at the end of the day, how you think about yourself, that's the way you are. And that's the way you'll be, and you'll continue to be that way, and you'll never change if you don't change the way you think. And I promise you, there's a lot of self-help books out there, but if they don't line up with this, it'll never help you. The, in, the end will never help you. It, it will not establish anything in your life. The Bible says the entrance of His Word brings light and life. That's what we need. The only thing to build and to hang your life on that will be lasting and that will produce a lasting change is the Word of God. Amen? So, tonight... I want to read just a, a couple of scriptures before I just get into the meat of this. But in 1 John 4 and verse 17, there's something about this verse that I read it and I read it and I read it over and over again. And every time I look at it, I think, you know, this is, this is a hard verse of scripture to receive and to accept. It's very difficult to accept. And I'll just tell you this, you have to be courageous to receive this verse right here. And it's 1 John 4 and verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's a day of judgment beyond this life, but the day of judgment, every day of our life, begins inside of us. And the judgment, if there is a judgment, if you're born again and you allow your life to be judged, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I consider it a very little thing if you judge me. Why? Because he said, because I'm judged by God. And see, the deal about God is God's not a harsh judge. He don't walk around and follow us around and, you know, beat us over the head for everything that we've ever done wrong. That's why Jesus died, see? And if you understand his judgment for your life, it liberates you and it sets you free. But he said, if we understand this judgment, then we begin to understand that what God created for this dispensation of time was for us to be like him in the earth. He said, as he is, so are we. And I'll just say it like this. If you can accept it, God created us to be just like he was in the earth. Because we're the extension of his ministry in the planet now. We're, his, we're the extension. Ephesians 1 says, he gave authority, the Father gave authority to Jesus. And Jesus gave it to the church. And the 22nd verse of Ephesians 1 says, he gave it to the church which is his body. The church is his body. Everybody say, I'm the church. If you're born again, you're the church. We're the church, which is his body. As he is, so am I in the, in, in, in the earth. God created me to be just like him in the earth. Not the deity of God. He created me to be the hands, the feet, the mouth, the expression of heaven in the earth to humanity. That's what he created you and I to be. That expression. As he is, so am I in the, in, in the world. 
People say, ah, you just think you're all that. All I think I am is what he says I am. Beyond that, for anybody to think that a statement, reading a scripture like that, that's his scripture, it's not my scripture, it's his. And then to say, to think, to even begin to think that somebody some human being thinks that they're all that, that they're the deity part of what he's talking about, is a, it's insane. It's absurd. Why did Jesus come? Did he come to the earth to prove to everybody that he was the Son of God? Absolutely not. He already was. He, actually, he wasn't the Son. He was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became the Son and In other words, he became a son so he could be our older brother, our elder brother, and be the perfect example for you and I to follow him. That's why. That's why he came. He didn't come to flex his muscles. He came from everything he had in heaven to the poverty of this earth so that we could be rich and anointed and empowered in all things. We could do the works he did and even greater works because He went to the Father, he sat down at the right hand, he said, now the work is finished, now we're to do the finished works in the earth. And everything that he invested in his name, everything that was invested in his name was given to you and I so we could be like him. The hope of the world is Christ in you. That's the hope of the world. And when Christ is molded and framed on the inside of you and your thinking lines up with the way he thinks about you, that's the hope of the world. There is no other hope. The planet has no other hope. No hope. And because people in the planet have no hope, every time there's a mudslide, people think the whole earth is going to slide. Every time there's a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake somewhere, everybody thinks the whole earth is going to cave in because there's no hope. Everybody say, the earth is the Lord's. Lord's. Don't worry about those kind of things. I mean, you know, if you live in a place where things like that happen, if, if, you know, I mean, there's a, supposedly there's a fault line through Kerrville here somewhere, right? Did I hear right on that? I heard there's some kind of a fault line through here. There could be an earthquake here one day or whatever. That's what they say. <laughs> my, my, I, 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 you can't live your life in fear that something like that is going to happen. God has you covered if your faith and trust is in him. You see? Everybody say the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of it. What does that mean? The silver, the gold, all, uh, all of it. See, it doesn't matter about any of the other ideas that people have about the The earth is the Lord's and the fullness, and he gave authority in the earth to the sons of men. That's the way he set it up. And he's given us his name and the power of attorney of his name to exercise things in the earth, and there's no limitations to what you and I can have and experience in the earth. It, but, the, but the limitations for you or for, let's just, I'll just say for myself, There are no limitations to what I can experience in life, see? But the limitations that I don't have on my life are for the good of others. See, it's not not so, you know, there are no limitations 
I'm walking in great revelation, so then I can be one person in the earth that's just like Jesus. It doesn't work that way. See, because what he operated in, now we're all to operate in. See, I have a part, you have a part, each one of us have a part. See, none of us have the whole bill of goods that he had. We have the bill of goods when we all get together. Hmm? That's why it's so important that we hear things like what we're talking about this year regarding the name of Jesus and the authority that's there so that we, that the authority that we walk in, we walk in it in such a way that we believe in other people with it. We're in it for the good of other people. We're walking in the love of God and what that really means. And it's not about me exercising it on myself so I can prosper or do whatever. It'll all work. And you'll prosper and you'll advance, but it's not about you. It's, it's, it is for you to go through you to affect other people. That's why Jesus came. Nothing that Jesus did was for himself. I only do, he said, those things that I hear and I see from Father. Whatever Father says do, those are the things that I do. Nothing that Jesus did was for himself. When he could have called legions of angels to come and battle for him, when people turned on him, you notice, if you follow the scripture, the Bible says everybody turned their back on him. Ever had anybody turn their back on you? Well, how about if everybody you knew did? And then some. And not only everybody he knew, but everybody everywhere. Everybody that was following him, and that listened and that was healed by him, the Bible says they all turned on him in the end. And what were the words out of his mouth? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What power. The power he had that could have brought destruction is the power that he used to create salvation and liberty for mankind. Thank God he endured the cross for you and I so that we could be empowered to help other people get through things and see the light and be delivered in their own lives. Amen? Amen? Mm. Glory to God. Now, two things I just want to mention tonight. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but just a couple things. In John 14, let's look at that in the big John. Uh, 14 and verse 25. Jesus says this. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Holy Spirit. There's no greater name for the person of the Holy Spirit in this life for you and I than the Helper. Everybody say this after me. I need help. help. Amen. I need help. That means I need the Helper. Can you say amen? They're not a person on the planet that doesn't need help. The deal is, Holy Spirit is not the doer. He's not the enabler. He's not the, he's not the fixer. He's the helper. Amen? And what he helps us to do is to understand what God wants for us, and then he encourages us and, and is there to help us and kind of nudge us along to do the right things. But he won't make you do anything. Everybody say, he's the helper. 
glory to Jesus and thank God for him. The helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, how will he send him? In my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Man, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, this is really key. This verse right here is really key in you making supernatural changes in your life. From one way of thinking to another way of thinking. You have to understand that without the Holy Spirit, there is no change. Because the Holy Spirit will help you to think differently. Now, look at this 27th verse. He said, he will bring to your remembrance, in verse 26, he said, he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now watch this. He just jumps into verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. His peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Watch this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Jesus has given you and I his peace. Not the peace of the world. What's the deal with the peace of the world? It's all conditional. The peace of the world's conditional. There's peace when everything lines up. His peace is there when nothing's lining up. And he gave it to me. I don't know about you, but if that piece represents something of value to me, and I have something that Randy wants, and I give it to him, what's he got to do? Hmm? Hope it'll, I'll drop it in his lap? No, he's got to reach out and take it. Right? Yeah. Father, I receive your peace. Every day, Every day, I thank God for his peace. It's part, of my, it's part of my confession on a daily basis, thanking God for the peace that he has given me. And I don't know about you, but if you've never been in a situation where you needed peace, you don't know what it's like then to have peace when you need the peace. Many times when a loved one you have that passes on, there is the, 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 just the potential for fear and distress and anxiety and all this stuff. And, and it's in those times when you receive what he gave you. And you have to verbalize it with your mouth. You have to thank God for the peace. Lord, in the natural right now, my, my heart is grieving. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm, 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 I'm whatever that you're going through in the moment, like say you, you lose a loved one. But in that moment, and I've been in that moment a number of different times, as I've received the peace that he's already given me, it passes my natural understanding. I, I don't know how that works. It just does. 
But if you don't know you have that to get, how can you get through things like that? People don't. And they go years and years, and they, and they never know how to get through something. They never know how to allow their, themselves to grieve through it and release it and, and, and replace it with the peace of God. If, you don't, if nobody ever teaches you to do that, then you walk through life, and here's this thing that was given to you, but you don't know how to receive it. It's there for you, no matter what happens. In Philippians 4, in verse 8, I'm, I'm going to read this, but I want to give you three different examples before I read this. Of just things, that this, just, these are just random things in my life. Um, <clears throat> and this is where the person, the Holy Spirit, the helper, spoke to me in every one of these three situations. Um, I had a, I had a, I had a ring that I wore on this finger, and several people had given me this ring. It was a very, very expensive ring. It's not something just for me, because I'm not all about rings or jewelry or those kind of things. I wouldn't have bought this ring, but it was given to me, and it was worth several thousand dollars, and and I really liked the ring. I didn't think I would. When, when, when it was given to me, I looked at it and I thought, I don't know if I even, I mean, I just thought this. I don't even know if I want to wear that. But I started wearing it. And uh, I really liked it. It was, it, it was really a, a great ring. And I, I mean, I, I wore it all the time. It was big and bulky looking, you know, real, real gaudy looking. I mean, nice looking, but big and in your face and had... It was lined with all with about 12 diamond stones, and they were really nice diamonds on this ring. And these people had given me this ring. And uh, so I wore, it, I wore it all the time, but it was real big. And uh, I got it sized a little bit, but I don't like, I didn't want it real tight. And so I, so I could, you know, I, I could move it. And my wife, she, she'd tell me sometimes, you keep moving that ring on and off your finger. I just like doing it. I'd roll and play with it, you know. Well, I'd, I, I was coming back from a trip somewhere. I'd, I was in the airport in San Antonio, and I went into the restroom in there, and I was, I was washing my hands, and I'd taken that ring off, and I'd set it on the little counter right there and wash my hands. I walk. I'm going down to the baggage claim, so I went through security so I couldn't get back in, and... Uh, I'm um, getting my luggage and all, and Lee Dunning had, had picked me up. He, was, he came to pick me up. We're driving down the freeway back to Kerrville, and I'm thinking, my ring. Where'd my ring go? Oh, my ring. And, I mean, it just, all of a sudden, notice what he said here. He said, peace I give you. My peace I give to you. My peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. Why did he say that? Because like in that situation right there, fear gripped my heart. Here's this really expensive ring, and I just left it on the counter. And what are the chances in the natural of that ring coming back? There's like what? Less than 1% chance that somebody's going to turn something like that in or whatever? And in that moment, in the moment... The Holy Spirit 
spoke to me. I mean, just, I, I don't know how, he just did. I didn't hear it with, uh, as an audible voice, I just knew everything's going to be okay. And you know what came to me? Whatever's hid, wherever that is, it'll be brought to the light. Lee and I are driving. I tell him that I, I left the ring. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to call him. So, you know, two hours later, um, trying to get to the right people to find out for somebody to go look for my ring, I find some, some lady on the other end of the phone. Long story short, she says, sir, was it, a, was it a nice ring? I said, yeah, it was a real expensive ring. I told her what the value of it was. She goes, <laughs> she kind of laughed. She goes, sir, there's no way. She said, it's gone. I said, ma'am, would somebody just go check? She calls me back about 45 minutes or an hour later. Says, we checked and it's not anywhere around. I said, okay. I said, can I have your number? Because I'll call you over the next few days so you, to, so you don't have to call me when you find it. And she goes, but sir, the ring is gone. I said, no. I said, the ring is not gone. And I said, look, I'm not trying to be super spiritual or whatever, but I'm just telling you that God spoke to me and told me that that ring will be found. Now, I've never said that to anybody else before or, or after, that God told me something, somebody like on the phone like that, but I, I heard God inside of me. That thing is gonna, that will be found. Whatever's hid will be brought to the light. It will be brought back to me. Long story short, three days later, this lady calls me. I didn't have to call her. She calls me. And she said, sir, it's a miracle. <laughs> and I said, you're right. <laughs> okay, but, and, and you know what? The testimony of that and, and the ministry to that lady was just, it was supernatural, okay? But it wasn't about what I thought up because my first emotion was fear and torment. And oh my gosh, the first thoughts I had that came to my mind, that ring is gone. Those were my first thoughts. But God. See, the Holy Ghost said, no, that ring. D does God know where that ring is? Absolutely. He knows everything. See, so I chose in the moment right there to listen to him. Now I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to give you two more examples. Verse 8 of Philippians 4. Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue and there's anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. So, verse 7 of this chapter says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, your hearts and your minds, through what? Through the name. Christ Jesus, the name. Through the name. It'll guard your heart and your mind. So the Holy Ghost that was sent in the name of Jesus to bring peace to my mind and my heart and protect my mind and my heart in any and every given situation will tell me what's right He'll tell me what the truth is, and if I'll do the truth, the results will come. See, 
See, we have a part to play in this, but he's already got it worked out. He's already got every situation, no matter what you face today, no matter where you've been, what, what, what looks like is impossible in your life today, he's already got it worked out, but i got to get connected with him through the person of the Holy Ghost. See? Then you don't lose things that are supposed to be yours. Right? So... Um, another thing, okay? Just an, another quick story. Um, this is just, I mean, these are just random stories. I've got tons of them. You should have many, many stories of the things that God has done because of what the Holy Spirit said, not because I'm so great. See, if I would have given in to my flesh, fear would have ruled there. I would have never seen the ring. Now you have to ask yourself, do you believe that I, my ring was salvaged? Did I tell you the whole story and the truth? And if I did, was my ring salvaged because of what the Holy Spirit told me? So you have to believe that. Okay, so another situation. So, you know, we've, through the years up here, we've had all kinds of good times and we were playing volleyball at the house one day and it was during some event we had going on and you know I had to get out there and show my stuff <laughs> and so uh you know I'm, you know I, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to serve or do anything I just wanted to play on the net because you know I got a little height and back in those days I could jump and and I knew how to play and I was ready and uh, so, you know, we played for a little while, and then, <laughs> you know, I go up, and the ball, I hit the ball, it comes down, it goes under the net, and I roll my ankle on the ball. Oh, it hurt. I'm rolling the ankle, and I'm, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, and I, I couldn't put any weight on it. And I... Oh, you know, and I'm walking like this, and so, I don't know, a couple guys helped me into the, because our offices were down at the house at the time, so helped me in there, and I went into my office, and I mean, it was just hurting, you know, like hurting, hurting. And, uh, and so, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, inside of me, the Holy Spirit said to me, your ankle is healed. I didn't hear it here. How do you hear something like that? You, you, you hear something like that because when your ankle didn't hurt, you've meditated on the Word and what the Word says, and the Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. So all of a sudden, I'm in a situation in the natural where I want to give in, and, you know, honey, come ice my ankle and take me home. and You know, that's what I want to do. And it's easy to do that. But what I heard was this. What I heard inside of me was this. Do what a healed man would do. If you're healed and there's nothing wrong with you, well, you can just walk. And I mean, my ankle had swollen up and I had put some ice on it. It had swollen up to where, I, I mean, just, just touching the, my toes to the floor just brought pain where I'm, I just wanted the tears coming out of my eyes. It was hurting so bad. 
but I heard something. What would a healed man do? Well, he'd walk on it. And so what I did was, and this is my story, I'm telling you what I heard inside of, because see, because I've, I've, I've developed this in my life, I've trained myself to listen. You have to train yourself. There's all kinds of voices, but what, what, what is the voice of the Holy Spirit saying to you in the moment? That's what he said to me. So, long story short, you can, you can ask anybody that was around my wife or anybody else that was around. W- within the next hour, I, I did nothing. I took the ice off of it, and I, and I could barely even touch the floor because it hurt so bad. But what I began to say with my mouth was, Lord, I just thank you that Jesus died for me and he healed me and my ankle is well in the name of Jesus. And I just began to praise him and thank him for it. And within the hour, I was walking like this. It was on a Saturday, if you remember. It was on a Saturday and I preached the next day. I didn't come in on crutches. I preached the next day. Because what I declared out of my mouth is what I heard in here. You see, it wasn't me trying to make something happen. It wasn't me, well, if I, if, I say, if, I, if, I, if I read enough scripture right now, then maybe something will happen. No, 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 no. I was receiving what he had already done for me 2,000 years ago. He already healed me. I had to be in a, posi- in a place to receive it. But that's why we have to have the Holy Ghost so that we can change the way we think. In the natural, I wanted to give in. I wanted to, I wanted to let my ankle just heal over time. And who knows? Who knows? It could have been weeks. Maybe couldn't even preach the next day had I given in to that thing. Amen? The other example is how many different people. When I, when I got born again in 1977, nobody in my family was saved. Nobody knew God. We were just, we, we were raised heathen and we just were heathen bunch of people and we just were heathen amen and uh, we knew nothing about God not anything not anything that even looked like God and um, I over time you know I began to pray for my siblings and for my family members you know and then I'd hammer them and then I'd pray for them again you know and then I'd hammer him real hard and then I'd pray for him a little bit and then hammer him and then I'd get to a point where it's like God there's a bunch of heathens then none of them will get saved you know and I'd forgotten how I had been and how God had his mercy had delivered me and, and liberated me and and uh, and one, one day I, God began to say to me see you, you're 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 not believing for them because it was going, it was years, you know, and, and I had a younger brother that just was a piece of work, and uh, and he he just man on and on, just all kinds of stuff, and it was like man, I don't even want to be around him, and the truth of the matter was, no, they wanted me to be around, so they'd have family reunions and not invite me, you know, because man, they don't want me to come around, but um, I began to realize, you know what, I need to back off and just pray and believe God for them. And, and when my head would start telling me that nothing is going to change, my heart kept saying, no, you praise me and you worship me. Today, all my family members are saved. Um, my mom and dad weren't saved at the time. My mom got born again. My dad got born again. My whole family is born again. All, all of my siblings and, and most of my, 
my even extended family is, is born again, but they're all born again today because I wasn't moved by what I saw. I learned how to hear the Holy Ghost. He didn't desire for one to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen? That's what he has intended to happen in every person's life. But we have to change the way that we think about it. You know, And examples that I'm giving you tonight, those examples... nothing will work for you or for me if we don't change the way we think in every given situation that we face. That's why we hear the word, that's why we meditate on the word, and that's why on a day-to-day basis we learn to be a doer of it. We learn to put it to work when things aren't necessarily bad. So if something gets stirred up or something does come against us or happen in our life or happen against something going on in our life, We have something to change it with because we have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit tell us what's going to happen and what I have to do to make that change. If I give in to that and I listen to what he says and I do what he says, the Bible says we'll we'll be successful at everything that we do. Not just some things, but everything that we do. There's not anything that you and I can't accomplish in the name of Jesus as it's revealed to us by the person of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Philippians 2 and verse 9. A couple more verses and then I'll be done. Therefore God also has highly exalted him. That's chapter 2 and verse 9. And given him, Jesus, the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see how one thing leads to another thing that leads to another thing. Verse 9 says, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. Everything that Jesus went through in the 33 years that he lived on planet earth, everything that he went through, he went through so that what was invested in that name could be given to us and that we could take that name and do what he did and even greater things because now he's gone to the Father and now it can operate in all of us. In his day, only things that happened that were life-changing were things that happened in him. But now... We're all the church, which is his body in the earth. And now it can happen in and through all of us together, coming together and understanding that the power of the name was given to us so that we don't try to accomplish anything in our own ability. You don't have to do anything on your own. We've got him. We've got the Father. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got the three-in-one. And I'm telling you, the three-in-one have empowered you and I to do everything that Father would do in the earth. Gosh, we're not limited in any way, shape, or form. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. No limitations. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll end with this. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4.
actually, hold your place right there and let's look at the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, which is the devil, whether you believe in him or not, he's there, which the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Remember, I, I, I mentioned, and it's, I think it's like Psalm 119 and verse 130 says that the entrance of his word brings light and life. But he said in verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. The enemy has people's minds shut off from thinking like God. He's blinded them. Nobody in here today, nobody can make someone else get saved. But we can pray that their eyes be opened up so that they can see clearly. And nobody can make someone make changes in their life, even after they're saved. But we can pray for people with the authority of the name of Jesus, we can pray for people that their eyes be opened up so that they can see clearly in the way that they make decisions. As a, as a pastor of this church, people that come here that want to be a part of this place, that, that, that's always on my mind and my heart. Praying for the people of this body that their eyes be opened so that they can see clearly in the choices that they make. Because you are a product of the choices you've made, whether you were in knowing or unknowing, whether you were whether you're to be blamed for the choices that you made, whatever you you know, people get all weird about that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you today, I'm the product of the choices I've made. But choices today that I that that I have made are different than choices I made 40 years ago. But what I what I I thank God for the opportunity that I had to be born again. But then I thank God for the opportunity for the word that was preached to me, to where I could make choices to make changes in the way that I viewed life. Because nothing will change if I you know. One person says true insanity is to do the same thing over and over in life, expecting for different results. It's not going to happen. The only way I'm going to get different results is if I change the way I think and then change my habits. That's where I get different results. And the devil's got people blinded into thinking that what they see is the end. Well, it's been this way forever. It's way with my parents and their parents, and it'll always be that way. It doesn't have to be. The day you got born again, you were born a second time. Now, you don't have to give in to generational things and generational curses that want to hold you down and hold you and try to choke the life out of you. Now your life is aligned with God himself. That, I, I'm, I'm, my, my lineage now is connected to my second birth. See? Because there's some Wimberleys that were pieces of work. There's some Wimberleys that had some baggage and some stuff. You know why? They had no revelation. 
There weren't bad people. Nobody's bad. Everybody was created in the image of God. Nobody's bad. It's what the devil does when he blinds us to get us to think things have to be a certain way and we don't know how to get out of the prison. The only way that will liberate you is the entrance of his word that brings light and life and changes the way that we think. There's no other way. There's absolutely no other way. I've tried them all and they don't work. Amen? So in 2 Corinthians 10, we realize that he blinded, he's blinded people. But now, not only for myself can I use these two verses here in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, but I can use these in warfare for the good of other people. For the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshy, they're not they're not related to the five physical, the word carnal there is the sense realm, the five physical senses. They're not, my, my, the weapons of my warfare, my weapons are not an AK-47. And then my mind telling me I'm going to make changes by blowing somebody away. See, those, those, see that's wrong thinking. It's because the devil has blinded people's minds. It's not people that follow through things like that are, are necessarily bad people. They're not. Because they weren't created, they were created in the image of God. Whether they've ever accepted Him or not, they're just blinded and they can't see clearly. So we have the power and the ability, because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Where are strongholds? Here. The weapons of my warfare were meant to bring the strongholds in my mind, the ways that I've thought of the past, so I could be liberated. My grandfather, my dad's father, on, on, his, yeah, on that side, my, my grandfather was diagnosed as a manic depressive. And by the time my dad was about 12 or 13 years, 14 years old, he was full-blown as a manic depressive. And, and meaning he's up in the stars and the clouds for a season, and then he's down under the earth for a season. And then he comes back up and down, and it was just horrible what happened to, to our family because, as a result of him and, and the things that happened between him and my grandmother and, and, and my dad and his two brothers and all that happened with that. Well, that's a generational curse. That's, that's a stronghold. And they see those things get passed down generations because, because, okay, you know, is it a chemical imbalance? It probably leads to that. But everything that is like that is, is the result of demonic influence. I'm not saying that every chemical imbalance that somebody has is a demon. But it's, but it's demonically induced because nothing bad is of God. Okay? So, so if... Nobody ever told me different, and that's what they said about my grandfather, then that's what I would have received. But see, I got born again by the time I'm 18, and now all through the years, I was able to help and to teach and to train, and everybody grew up, and they got born again, and we all just turned that thing away, and none of us are like that. See, because we didn't receive that thing. And see, if my granddad could be alive while, if he could have been alive when, when I had revelation, I could have helped him. You see? He wasn't a bad person. He just didn't know what to do with what he had. But I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, we can shut all this stuff down. We can shut it all down. I'm telling you, there's not anything. I, I, I've told you this. 
once or twice here just lately, but man, it just keeps going over in me. I used to say this all the time. You know, I, I can't save the whole world. That's the wrong way to look at it. I'm here to save the whole world. Because salvation is not just being born again one time. Salvation is the renewing of our soul. So our mind changes. That I'm here. I'm called to save the whole world. And so are you. We're called to save the whole world. You say, well, yeah, no, but, you know, I can help one. Or, no, 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 no. You can help anybody that God leads you to help. But we can stop all this stuff if we take things like this and realize we have the name of Jesus to apply over another person's life. They still have to make the choice. But what can happen if the blinders get lifted off of somebody and they can begin to see clearly what can happen? What can happen? Well, I I just don't know. Well, then you'll never know. Because you won't put out the effort to spend the time praying for other people to see their eyes lifted and opened up. You know what I've, you know what I've noticed? When I pray for other people, I get better. Don't think that the manic depressive crap doesn't try to come back on me or try to affect my life. It'll come back. It'll come back. Anything that, that has been generational because there's, they're, they're related to demon spirits, anything generational can come and try to affect your life. That's why we walk in this every day. We give the devil no place ever at all, no matter what. Amen? If I can get excited about something, I can get excited about what God hates. And God hates the devil. And he hates what the devil does to people. And he hates the way he, the, the devil who, ha, who is defeated at Calvary, who has no actual power and ability except through suggestion and emotional situations and, and deceptive situations. All he has is that to operate in. He has no power. He's been defeated. Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Now you and I have been empowered with his name to realize that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. I have the ability to bring every thought in my life down and I have the power to pray and to speak over other people's lives. Now, now I'll just say this. this is, you can believe this or not. This is what I believe. I have greater influence over people that put stock in what I say. See, if Brian came to me and he said something was going on in his family and he needed my prayers, my prayers are going to work because he believes in me. And I, don't, I don't even have to ask him if he does. I know he does. I'm not saying that he believes in me like his Savior. He believes that I know how to pray and I believe in the Word. You see? Because I know him. See, so my influence is... Can, can, I, I used to just pray for everybody. Well, the Bible didn't say that. See? You, 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 you have, there has to be faith involved. The reason the woman with the issue of blood was healed was because of the faith level of Jesus. See, and when she came to him and said, I believe in you, and I, all i got to do is touch you and I'll be well, because she had faith in the fact that he believed what he said. 
And this guy's got to believe what he says because all these things are happening everywhere he goes. His faith level was high. It caused her faith level to rise, and the two agreed, and bam. That's the way it works. We're to have faith for the good of other people. See, that's why we use these verses of Scripture. Weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, they're not fleshy. I've realized that they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And if there's something coming against Randy, I can pray and be in agreement with him. I can't pull him along and make him believe, but I can pray that his eyes be opened up. And when he comes to me and he wants my agreement, man, I can give it all. You see, because he's come because he believes we can pray and things can happen. Amen? That's why we listen to the Word. That's why we come to church. That's why we are the church, but we come to the meeting place, and, and we come to hear the Word so that the Word gets down inside of us so the Holy Spirit can reveal things that we need to know in a given situation to make the changes we need to see made. There's not anything that you don't already have the answer for in life if you know God through the person of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because before the foundation of the world, he already had everything set up. And his plan was not evil, and it was not bad for you. It was good and with an expected end. Can you say amen tonight?